Welcome to the Living It Up podcast. This is the Living It Up podcast where we explore the changing landscape of competitive golf. In this episode, we discuss Victor Hovland going very low to win the BMW. The U.S. Ryder Cup team automatic qualifiers are set and Brooks Kepka is on the outside looking in, waiting for a captain's pick. The top 30 are moving on to Eastlake and an electric U.S. amateur in Denver. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bedratty, the leader in performance golf apparel. Bedratty makes the softest polos you'll ever wear, as well as ridiculously comfortable quarter zips, shorts, t-shirts, and even boxers. Their colors and fabrics are all naturally aged by the salt of the ocean for that perfectly lived-in vibe. Head to bedratty.com and use code LIVINGITUP30 for 30% off your purchase. This is Brian. I am joined by George and PGA Tour winner Billy Hurl III. George, let's start with you. With this win by Victor Hovland, how are we trending on the Patrick Cantlay fourth position on the OWGR watch? Well, we are monitoring the situation. They have not yet updated the uh, rankings for next week. Victor would have to, as it stands right now, Victor would have to gain basically a little bit more than 1.2 points in the OWGR. So Cantlay played, I think he was kind of decent, but not great this week. I don't think he can catch him. So uh, we're, I think I tweeted it out. We're at 758 consecutive weeks at number four for Patrick Cantlay. Um, he is also fourth in the Ryder Cup rankings. Um, I'm not sure how big his family is. He maybe is the fourth best child to his parents. Um, I, I really want to delve into Patrick's uh, stranglehold on fourth um, because it is, I want to go back and look at the UCLA uh rankings to see where he lists on all-time wins see if he's fourth there too yeah we we will monitor this space for sure so victor hovland goes deep with a 61 uh, nearly birdied every hole on his back nine seven birdies on his back nine to shoot 61 and win the bmw over sort of a uh i don't want to say floundering scotty scheffler even when he's playing quasi poorly he's still playing fantastic golf um, he shot well, four under on Sunday. That, I mean, that's what I mean. It's the like lead. I mean, you, if, I, if you say I have the lead and I shoot 68, sounds good to me. That's what I mean. Even when he's playing uh, by his standards poorly, he's still playing really well. He just like <laughs> I joked, he, neither he nor Rory look like they're having much fun. And, and it might just be the putter for both of them. It's like guys that hit the ball all worldly off the tee and into the green and have great short games, but can't seem to really put the ball in the hole lately. They just look like uh, they're not, they're not having fun with the flat stick. Uh, but, but there's a lot of reasons to be fun uh, or to have fun. I should say when you're uh, making the tour championship and, and starting, starting as the leader. So Scotty Scheffler maintains the, the lead for the net tour championship next week. He will start at 10 under par uh, ahead of Victor Hovland uh, who again, just uh, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll start with this. I had said when we closed up the major championship season that I think Victor Hovland was the one that impressed me the most. And I think he is currently the best player to have not won a major. Does Victor Hovland, you know, his win today, a potential FedEx Cup championship, does that cement his status as as like the guy that has not yet broken through yet? I mean, who else is there, I guess? Like, who who, who are we stacking up against it? I mean, it sort of seems to me like, yeah, that's got to be, you know, the the current, you know, the best to have not want a major for sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the conversation typically turns to, to Xander and Patrick Cantlay. Max Homo was a darling this year, and many people pointed to him as maybe the guy, but I, I think Victor is firmly yeah, the, I, the next best thing, you know. At this point, firmly. I, I, I think that's that's right. When you just look at recent performance, um, 
trends and, and and all that kind of thing no no question i mean obviously it was sergio for 20 years kind of kind, kind of thing and then he, he won the masters and and we haven't really had a great guy to to tag that on there's been a handful of guys and, and probably not the moniker you want but i think victor's got it at this point not some not not really because he hasn't played well at majors because he's played so well of late is, is, is really why, why he gets it. None of these guys that we're starting to, you know, throw this at Homa, Xander, um, Hovland, you know, like it's not so much because they have done poorly at majors or, or, or have had a knocked on the door a bunch of times. and haven't gotten it done. It's they're, they're relatively young players and, and have had relatively great success in, in the last couple of years. Um, I think you guys are overlooking the fact that Patrick Cantlay has been fourth in the world for going on 17 straight years and has yet to win a major. So clearly it's his title as who's the best to not win one. And I mean, it's, it's gotta be coming, right? I mean, the guy, he wins big tournaments. He's, he's been there with all the big dogs. He won last week. Um, and did he, no, he didn't win last week. He, no, he lost in the playoff last week. Lost in the playoff, yeah. But, I mean, he's right there. He's so close. And, uh, I, and frankly, I mean, I guess by – I mean, frankly, George, the math says you're right because one, two, and three have won majors, and number four 100%. has not. Thus. Exactly. And, I mean, it's irrefutable. The UWGR is infallible math, and therefore um, it's very clearly Patrick Cantlay. And certainly there was drama down the stretch with Victor playing really well, others trying to hold on to leads or chase him at the same time. But there was also the the drama at the 30th position of the leaderboard. A lot of, uh, you know, head shakes. They showed like a montage at one point of, uh, you know, it was Jordan Spieth and Sepp Straka and Sahith Thagala, all these guys, Tyrrell Hatton, and how they came down the stretch and just like shaking, shaking their head, thinking that that was the shot that put them out of the rankings. It turned out Chris Kirk was the only player to play his way out, started the week at 29th position and was leapfrogged by, uh, you know, Matt Fitzpatrick uh, playing really well, jumping into the top 30 and he drops down to 32. So hit the gala, a lot of, a lot of, you know, theatrics down the stretch. Uh, Bogey's the last hole started the week at 31 remains at 31. Uh, the, the, the bottom of that board will be, you know, 26 through 30 Sam Burns, Emiliano Grio. I never know how to say it. Grillo, Grio, Grio. Tyrrell Hatton, Jordan Spieth, Sepp Straka. Uh, so those are your guys that will play in all the majors next year, will get extra two-year exemptions, will start the net tour championship and, and see if they can grab all kinds of uh, slush fund money for not just being paid, but being paid for many, many years with that uh, deferred comp. How do they work it, Billy? You get paid for 10 years or 20 years or something like that? No, the FedEx Cup, um, you, you get paid later of these two qualifications right so if you turn 45 and you do not play 15 events then it starts paying out basically it pays out over five years well like basically divide whatever you have in there you know and you get a fifth and then they kind of kind of it will be funny next five years but there's always that joke in major league baseball when it's bobby bonilla day and and the nets have to pay bobby bonilla there's going to be in the pga tour like oh it's a fedex cup deferred comp day let's see who they're paying like 
Tiger hey, no. Woods Day is going to yeah, be, be like, like Tiger amazing. and Roy just like, made you so, know another five yeah. million this year for yeah, all yeah, not only that, but I mean I, it hasn't been written about, but are is there Phil Mickelson Day? That's got to be a, a stinger of a check to write because he's got plenty of FedEx money. Oh, so he would have just he would have started to get paid everything this year. That that's what I'm saying. Like so oh, Phil Mickelson wow. Day, Mind that's got that's got to be yeah. a big stinger to just to, ah. I just grind that check out. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wonder. So, I mean, it's all, it's all hell. It's all obviously like you know already been you know. Phil didn't fill out into the, accounts. You no, Phil didn't but, fill out um, the direct deposit. He wants the check literally handwritten. He wants to and, see it signed. Well, again, it's I want not re- like it's you know it's it's like a four hundred one k right. It's put into your account and like you can invest it and you can do you know blah blah blah. blah. So so I mean it's not uh, like the tour has to stroke a check. It's just that it starts coming out of your Charles Schwab account. Into, I would, I would like love, whatever account you deem it to, and you have to pay taxes. You're you're also. bursting my bubble because I would love to see the memo. Yeah, I know it'd be it'd be a lot better. <laughs> it'd be a lot better. R- Rory has to sign it. F you, Phil. Player directors have to sign it. You know, you got yeah. Tiger and Rory having to sign the chat. Be great. But I'll tell you the thing that was I'm gonna exciting request for that. me. I'm going to request that, that when, when when it when it comes time for me to get paid. That 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 you know. Player director yeah. sign my hey boys, I'm going off the grid. I need paper. Yeah. But I'll tell you what was fun about this Sunday. And I only caught the little bit of the back nine of the BMW, but I was glued to the US amateur. And I will say, you know, I was glued to the US amateur more than anything else this week. The round of 16 quarterfinal semifinal matches. There were so many matches that went down to the down to the wire, so many matches that went extra holes. I've never played Cherry Hills. It's obviously up at elevation. They're hammering the ball anyway, and they're hitting it even further because it's at elevation. But there was a ton of drama at that event. Obviously, it's littered with the best college players in the nation. Uh, and, and it was just one of those things earlier in the week. Uh, Nick Dunlap, by the way, wins it on the 33rd hole. Um, but one of his first round matches, which was against Gordon Sargent. And so in that first round, you had kind of two titans of college golf battling it in the round of 64. And I heard someone on Twitter say, you know, whoever, whoever wins this match is in the catbird seat to, to win it. And I remember scoffing at that thought at the time. And here we are with uh, Nick Dunlap joining uh, Tiger Woods as the only player to have won the U S junior and the U S amateur. That's some pretty, pretty heady company there, George, wh- what did you make of this year's U S amateur? Well, I'm going to go back to something I've been harping on for a little while now. And one of the reasons we got to see so much of the U S amateur is it was in the mountain time zone. And so we got to see it in quasi prime time, you know, trickling into seven, eight o'clock on the East coast. And it was kind of cool to have a little bit of golf after dinner uh, or while you're making dinner. Uh, so just once again, please take note to uh, the the boys at all the tours, anyone doing professional golf. If you can throw something on prime time, kind of in the doldrums of August, you get eyeballs. Uh, but no, I, I agree with everything you said, Brian. The the earlier matches, you know, a lot of them went to the 22nd, 23rd hole. And it was, it's cool because, I mean, these are exceptional, exceptionally good golfers. But they still kind of, you know, whether it's the moment or just like, yeah, they're great, great golfers, but they're not, you know, the true Olympians that are the tour players we see so much. And so, you get to see a wonky shot from time to time that doesn't go or, you know, the 18th there was, was great. You had this big hillside and then you had a pond on, on the other side of the fairway. And so guys trying to bite it off, you just watch these 
big sailing draws right into the pond and it was so it made it made for thrilling thrilling golf uh i i agree it really is one of the really cool events where match play i think works on tv i think just because the i think the gravity of it it's not contrived it's i mean it does it predate the u.s open or i guess the u.s open it's probably amateurs to start and then they had to create the second thing um but all the same, the uh, it is like I I truly enjoy it. I watched a little bit of it with my kid. Um, he was kind of getting into it. I think you know, particularly kids watching it. You know, my kid's fourteen and he's just kind of getting gotten bit by the golf bug. Um, but the the players when they say like, oh, he's nineteen or he's eighteen, like it, it's much more relatable to someone who's fourteen to be like, whoa, that that's not that far away, like. And, and I, so I, I, and shame on the powers that be that basically had us really get coverage of it, starting at about the 20th hole today, the 20th, yeah, the 20th hole of the 36. Um, this should be, if we can do, you know, whatever weird sports exist on, you know, ESPN nine over Peacock and other things, we could get the entirety of the final round of the U S amateur. Yeah, just uh, I, I quickly looked this one up. Uh, in 1894, there were two tournaments called the National Amateur Championship. And in 1895, uh, they organized across the United States Golf Association, what was later called the United States Golf Association, organized both the first U.S. Amateur and the first U.S. Open, both played at Newport Country Club in 1895. So started at the same time. Uh, and and uh, I will tell you, you know, it's one of those things where the U.S. Amateur and, and and Billy, you've played in a few of these, so you can talk to us about it. There's there's so much that you know just gets written off the table. Meaning, you know, you'll have guys that are number five in the Wagger, or a guy that just won a you know regional or played on the championship winning team. But when you get into match play, you obviously had to play great to get there to qualify for the championship. Play great in the in the stroke play qualifying phase to to you know. So you were in great form, and I'll tell you what. That that sixty four man field is a total free for all to a degree, and I love that about it. I thought one of the best stories for those of you that saw some of the early rounds was uh, there was this guy, um, yeah, UVA junior Paul Chang, who actually was not playing on the UVA men's Division One team. He was actually part of the club team and didn't actually you know get picked up on the men's roster until he qualified for the U.S. Amateur. Shot rounds of sixty four and sixty seven, and the coach took notice and, and brought him onto the, the full-time roster on the team. Uh, but he went all the way into the round of 16 and, and Bill and uh, George talking about things that finished in darkness. You know, he, he got suspended due to darkness on Thursday. They had the lights shining down from the clubhouse on that 18th green. So they could, they could wrap up that round and they tied. And then they came out the next morning and sadly he lost on the, the 19th hole to a guy that eventually went on to the semifinals. But uh, but Billy, you could tell us, like, I, I'm curious about your experience in, in the U.S. amateurs that you played. You know, what did you think about this almost like free for all? Like you're playing two different golf courses. You know, you've got to you got to get settled in. You've got to shoot good rounds just to get into it. And then it's a test of test of wills, a test of stamina, I always say. And that's why you see some of the college kids being the only ones that can survive, because it is a lot of golf over a lot of days. This episode is brought to you by B. Dratty, the leader in performance golf apparel. Ten years ago, B. Dratty started out on a mission to make superior 
performance golf polos. They traded shiny synthetic fabrics for soft organic Peruvian Pima cotton and kept the details clean and simple. Today, Bedratty still makes the softest polos you'll ever wear, as well as ridiculously comfortable quarter zips, shorts, t-shirts, and even boxers. Their colors and fabrics are all naturally aged by the salt of the ocean for that perfectly lived-in vibe. Head to bedratty.com and use code LIVINGITUP30 for 30% off your purchase. Thanks to our friends at Bedratty for their support of the Living It Up podcast. Definitely a lot of golf over a lot of days. And I agree with your assessment that once you get to match play, it's a, it's a bit of a free-for-all. I mean, obviously there's great players, you know, who you know are the favorites, but to your point, Gordon Sargent goes out in the first round because of the draw lands him, you know, with the eventual winner. So my, my two examples, like I was, I was nobody, the first U S amateur that I played, it was kind of what, put me on the map, so to speak, as a, as a national player in 2003. And I finished second in the stroke play qualifying. I had, I had the number two seed. Nobody had ever heard of Billy Hurley, you know, at, at this point in time. And, and so I played Spencer Levine in the first round who Spencer was way better than me on paper. Right. Like, but I had the second seed and he had the 63rd seed. Right. Cause it was, just how he fell out in qualifying. And then you go to the next time I played in, in 05 at, at Marion and I barely snuck in. I got in, in a big, huge playoff. It was like 20 for 18. And so I ended up playing like the seventh seed or, 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 or fifth seed or something like that. Who was Charlie Belgian, who had just had a great year at New Mexico state. And but it wasn't like that number even mattered. Like I just played the Walker cup. Like I was one of the top ranked amateurs at the time, you know, in the country. So it was like this five to, you know, 59th seed or whatever it was, it didn't matter. Like we were equal players. If not, like I had just had a better summer than he had, you know, going, going into that point in time. So I totally agree that the, the, the seating and the bracket, um, Kind of, kind of can become a, a free for all, and 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 makes for great drama, great theater. Um, Cherry Hills is a, is a fun golf course. I played there one time, and it it is it is kind of the seventeenth and eighteenth are, are are great holes to finish with kind of the, the par five like pond uh, island green. Do you go for it? Do you do you not at altitude? You know, even from two eighty, do you does the ball hang in the air enough, or does it fall out of the sky and come up short there's lots of different things there and then 18 kind of kind of up the hill you could you could argue is a bit quirky of a of, of a finisher to get kind of back up the hill to the clubhouse but nonetheless you got to hit some good golf shots into it so it was fun tournament to see fun tournament to watch um hats off to nick dunlap and to more to nick dunlap's credit in 33 holes 12 birdies if you think these guys are not super super good and just going for it it's it's match play right so you you kind of if your yep. guy's in you got to try to get inside him 12 birdies and 33 holes and you know he won four up um but which means that shipley who came in second um who is a complete vibe in his own right you know he he had to play lights out today as well because you know you you assume he at least is throwing up you know 
six, seven, eight birdies in 33 holes, something like that. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's staggering when you, when you start thinking about those, those kinds of, of playing um, at that level. And the thing that I often say too is, you know, Billy, you could tell us, uh, and I often used to say this in, in college golf, you know, people would say, oh, you know, you played, play golf. That's easy. Playing golf is easy. I'm like, no, 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 come play a couple practice rounds and then play three or four rounds of tournament golf. And the U S amateur is two rounds of stroke play. It is like, you know, you are stressed out to just make it into the bracket and then you are playing two practice rounds before. Yeah. That. I was going to say two practice rounds. I mean, what's your, what's your like real practice rounds? Cause you'd only get one at each golf course. And so you're grinding your tail off for five plus hours, you know, doing that. And then you, yeah. And that day when it's round of 32, round of 16, I mean, that is a 36 whole day. And then you get the reprieve of playing. If you get to the finals, three straight more days to, to of 18 holes. So, I mean, it is, and then the final day is 36. So you are playing so much golf. Like I always think about like how many, you know, steps the caddy has taken, how many, you know, sort of, you know, blisters and, and uh, you know, things that the players are dealing with during that time. Uh, so again, hats off to, to Nick. Yeah, Dunlap they're 20 there. years old, right? They're 20 years old. I mean, they're, you know, 19, 22, 23 years old. Eh, they, they just go for go for days that age. Yeah, good for them because I, I played five days in a row this week and I'm 100% gassed. Like, I, I don't want to touch a club for a while. And, and, in, and in carts for how many of those, George? Uh, whew. <laughs> I believe all of them. No, actually, I, I, I walked, I, I played nine on uh yesterday. I only played nine and I, I did walk that nine. Well, again, uh, hats off to those guys. Uh, we will look for many of those guys at the, at the next level, of course. And that always is some of the drama too, is who are these guys that play well in these big amateur events and actually then play well at the next stage. It is always fun to look back and, and see who, you know, they, they will often talk about this, you know, uh, Nick Dunlap went to Alabama Justin Thomas went to Alabama. His name came up, came up a bunch on the broadcast in terms of, you know, rooting interests. And he had never won a, a U.S. amateur, but went into match play pretty deep. Um, and it's funny to look back at, you know, good PGA Tour players, winners in the PGA Tour, and how, to your point, Billy, they got unseated during their run through through the U.S. amateur bracket in some way. Um, and, and not to overlook uh, the other accomplishment Dunlap has is he won a U.S. junior am and now has a U.S. am. So only he and Tiger Woods have accomplished that so that i mean that's when you think that only those two have done that that's pretty crazy um and i know there's some guys like did jordan spieth leave college early yeah yes. i was gonna say for some of these it is due to like guys... when they decide to make the jump sort of thing yeah yeah because sure. you feel like i don't know roy started his professional career early because you, you feel like there's some names that should a hundred percent be there and then you, there's some circumstances that make sense why, you know, their window to do it was probably pretty small, but uh, it is, it is pretty remarkable to think, you know, Hey, this is how it goes. And then equally is if you go down, you know, the list of guys who have won the USAM, it's not terribly littered with, you know, major winners and, you know, tour stalwarts. And a lot of them have, you know, made some time on the tour and probably done very well professionally, give or take. But it, you know, it is a really interesting kind of culture in where it's it's a super prestigious thing, but it it doesn't per se be like, oh, well, here's the next guy. We're we're off to the races now. That is true. It if if you go down the the US amateur list, there's plenty of names. You're like, oh yeah, I remember that name. Where where's where's he in the world? You know, and whatever. Now I will say, Victor Hovland did win the I think 19 
USAM at uh, Pebble Beach, whatever year that was. Yeah, I was just looking ago, at the, but... uh, the the most recent winners. Uh, you know, what's interesting is to even go back to 2007, Colt Nose now now on the broadcast. Um, and he won you know, the you... Links and the USAM that summer. I mean, yeah. But but it's funny, actually, I'm looking at like live golfers, Peter Uline, Bryson DeChambeau, James Piat, Andy Ogletree. Um, so these are all guys that have won it in the last few years. Matt Fitzpatrick famously won it at Brookline in 2013 and then won the U.S. Open there uh, just a few years ago. Um, so it, it, your point's well taken, though, George. Like some of these names, you look around and you're like, where is Gun Yang? Haven't heard that name since 2014. Uh, sort of. Um, but it but it is super interesting to look at just that moment in time and the, and the U.S. amateur being that little bubble uh, that it is and you know Tyler Tyler Stefacci. I mean, your favorite one of your favorite amateur golfers of all time, George. I mean, uh, I mean, we don't have time to talk about the impact that Frank Stefacci had on the game of golf, and I I mean the fact that he 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 played Genghis Kong famously um, before there was even golf courses and, and Genghis had to turn tail and go home. So we owe the Western civilization to Frank Strafacci and his ability to play against anybody, anywhere, anytime. But, but I'll tell you too, before we move off the USAM, I thought what was awesome about the USAM, not only just being able to, to zone in on these few matches, whether that's the quarters, the semis or the final match, but John Wood out on the course, just talking about the, the hole ahead or maybe like the shot that they have ahead I mean, no one sets up a shot better than him in terms of broadcasting. Like he is fantastic and like brings you in with like, let's go over the shoulder. Let's look at the yardage book. Let me show you how this approach shot's going to react in the green, like throwing balls and showing you how they react like that sort of stuff. It's like, man, let's find a way that we can do that. Even if like pre-round John Wood goes out and does that stuff and then they just pre-record it and show me that shot, like sort of, you know, talk me through that hole. That that is some fantastic content. He's very very good. I thought Smiley Kaufman usually out on the course was in the booth, maybe a little bit not his element. I actually like him better out on the course than in the booth. But I thought he's also fun on the broadcast. But but John Wood is one of the best in the business. I'll tell you what, Woody's great, no question about that. And and I think if you think back to when Bones was doing kind of the Wood stuff as well, it it really does make you wonder when these production teams are thinking of who to add and what to do should we really be dusting off players or should we be looking at caddies that have seen it? Cause, and <clears throat> I mean, you, you could probably help if this is accurate or not based on things you hear as fans over time, it seems that the caddies are sort of the more colorful charismatic personalities. Um, and there's a lot of players that are, not so much that end up making it there into the booth where it'd be like, man, it'd be really cool to get, you know, some of that charisma that would, that would carry through. Um, versus... There's some color that exists on the, you know, looper side of the bag that you can't put on. television. Yeah, well, as well. I get that. So but, I mean, is, listen. but, but, but I think that the caddy is, is a really good point in the sense that, you know, like John Wood worked for five, six guys, you know, I mean, Bones obviously has worked for two, really, if you if you just look at his kind of full career, right, he worked for Mickelson and then kind of came back out of the broadcast stuff to work for, for Justin Thomas, but but the but John worked, the non-compete ended, so he could come back for, yeah, got it, got it, um, but John Wood worked for Hunter Mahan forever, then worked for Matt Kuchar for a good bit, I mean, so he has like some, some I think there's diversity inside of their experience on golf courses that's different than a player's 
experience because I only know what one guy has done on a golf course. That's me, you know, you know, and that's the only one that I ever cared about if we're, if, if we're honest. So, whereas, you know, these guys like, like John Wood, who's caddied for five, six really top players over the course of his career, he's got some, you know, diversity of experience there and can bring some, some different pieces of it to, to the broadcast. And, and I thought John Wood's done a wonderful job for the last really five years from when he kind of just started dabbling in it. Yeah, he's great. He's been a, a huge ad and I'd much rather hear him tell me about stuff than hear other people say, you're so nervous, you can't spit. And that's what you, that's what you live for. Well, let's go back into the world of professional golf. I talked at the jump that the six automatic qualifiers for the U.S. team are now set. Those six are Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, fourth in your heart. And on this list, George, is Patrick Cantlay, Max Homa at five, and Xander Shoffley at six. Number seven, and without an automatic bid, he'll be searching for a captain's pick, is Brooks Kepka. George, I'll kick it to you. If you are Captain Zach Johnson, can you leave Brooks Kepka off this team? I would say you cannot. And simply because I'll, I'll just say the bottom, you know, seven through call it 18 have, if you were to stack those players up and take away the Ryder cup, take away all the BS of the last 18 months, whatever you want to call it. And just say like, all right, of those, what do we got? 12 players, six, seven through 18. Give me six to go win a tournament. You're not saying no to Brooks Kepka. And the, and so looking at those other players that are out there in their current form, like you, you just are not going to say no to taking Brooks Kepka. So in my opinion, he has shown in the events that he could tee it up against everybody else and sort of earn his way on. He has absolutely shown he can do it. If for no other reason, he only got four events effectively to amass points and was sitting second or third or, you know, in the top five for most of this season. And simply because he is on the sidelines, he is out. Now I will also, and this is like George's tinfoil hat corner. They set this course up so easy. We had 62 on Friday, 62 on Saturday, 61 on Sunday. I think the fix was in. I think they wanted him to get bumped down and they set it up. So guys could race up that leaderboard and push him back. If I'm him, I'm outraged. I'm furious. I want an investigation. I want Senator Blumenthal to look at that setup. I don't care about getting people to testify. Let's look at what's going on there because we have Americans working against Americans with that, that setup. So let me talk you through then, George, some of these Americans that sit below him on the list. Jordan Spieth, Locke? I think, uh, compare, and again, we're saying you're looking at 6 through 18 on that I'm list. Looking, yeah, so I'm looking yes. at 6 through 18. And, 100% and so you're, Jordan. You're, you're putting him on the team. Cameron Young had the opportunity to play his way into the Tour Championship. Did not. He'll sit at 46th, I believe, on the final FedEx Cup ranking. I'm looking at it now. He went from 46th, jumped to 42nd but will not have an opportunity at East Lake to, to make his, his case for why he should be there. He's ninth aside, on the list, by the way. Right. But aside from the last, what, I mean, now granted, we're, we're going to get to some people where we're talking about hot hand. Um, but the reality is he has not had a great year. Last year was lights out and it was like, Whoa, this, this could be the guy, you know, kind of, I would, I'd slot him into that, that Scotty Scheffler expectation of like, Whoa, this guy can shoot lights out. We he's, lurking at the top five of all the majors like this could be something and this year you know he just regressed to 
extremely good, not, you know, exceptionally good. Yeah, to me, the case would be he's ninth on the list. So you tend to think like uh, if you're in that top 10, you probably earned your way on. And I think this is an investment in the future. Let me go to the next one. I'll kick it to you, Billy. Colin Morikawa sitting at number 10 on the team for sure. I'm going to take Morikawa over Young. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of agree with that. You just He's got the experience. How about number 11, Keegan Bradley, George? Is he, uh, is he getting the nod? See, and again, this is a guy, and it, if we're just talking Ryder Cup, uh, have we play, put 14 people on the team now? I mean, how many how many, how many, how many are on the team at the, at this point? When we, when we, we we've gone to through here? the top right, 11, got, 11 okay, on the list okay, right now. All right, all right. And we, we've, we've gotten rid of Cam Young, so he's we're not taking him. So, I, I mean, again, this is match play. I... I like Keegan. He's got bulldog in him. He's he's been lurking up leaderboards all season long, and he is since we we're not going to take Patrick Reed, who was sort of the U.S. Poulter. I think Keegan Bradley is sort of that one B of the U.S. Poulter that he gets fiery. I think he gets under people's skin. Um, so I would I would put him as a strong yes in heavy pencil. So then we come to number 12, Sam Burns, and number 13, Ricky Fowler. And let me go through just the, the rest of them, because I think for me, and you guys can tell me if I'm crazy, the, the following players are not going to get a, a nod. Danny McCarthy at 14, Kurt Kitayama at 17, Russell Henley at 18. So to me, those guys are off the board. They needed to really do something, and they just didn't totally go out there and, and grab it by the horns. But then you've got Lucas Glover, so the hot hand, back-to-back -back wins in the last two weeks sitting at number 16. And of course we talked at nauseum about Justin Thomas, who is 15th on that list. And so you're left with this little sort of, you know, board where if you're, if we're leaving Cam Young off, then you could probably slot in JT and Ricky. But does that mean, does that mean Lucas Glover's on the out? So you, you get this like funny little, little, you know, jigsaw puzzle I, that you've got to play. I mean, if, if I'm Zach Johnson, and I'm looking at it and I, I'm, you know, I can't, I can't. And we've got one more week for these guys to, you know, prove it, blah, blah, blah. But let's that's, you know, hypothetically that's talk my, about it. I, I honestly, if I'm Zach Johnson and since I can't figure out how to work an app or find the CW, um, I am, I'm going to go. Or an airplane tell, ticket to a city right, that you've been to, to, to a golf course you've been for to before in your life. Um, I, I would which I've talked about this on Twitter. This is just professional negligence by him. You're like, I, I don't even know. I don't look at these guys. I couldn't tell you. Anything. Well, that's crazy. I, I totally agree with that statement. Um, But I would go to those guys that are on the bubble and playing at Eastlake and say, there's three slots left. Whoever, the three of you of, of their six playing at Eastlake, JT's out. If I'm sorry, JT is out. And it's he he showed nothing that says he should be there. If this is all meritocracy and this is earn it in the dirt and you got to do all those things that we've heard about for the last 12 months, he's just off and something is is off. And it's not a knock on him personally. It's nothing about that. He, clearly, there is a fundamental issue with his his game at the moment. And I think if you roll the dice on him to find it for a week in that. And now granted 
and I, I may even just talk myself right out of it, but like if there's anyone on this list down low who could probably feed off the energy of a hostile crowd and potentially find it, JT might be that guy, but you're still banking on finding it. Whereas these other players, you have a chance to actually see them and tell them, here are the stakes, right? You, you're in the top 30. You've made it to East Lake. You've, you've cashed. You're going to basically make $10 million next year for waking up and grabbing your golf clubs. So they're, they're very relaxed and very happy. But now here's your moment, boys. There's five of you for these last two spots, three spots, whatever it might be, after we've just gone through this chat. The top three, no matter where you finish on the leaderboard, you have a game within the game. And the top three are going. Does this include their starting strokes, though, George? That's what we have to think about. No. Because Lucas Glover comes in at number five. He's going to be starting no, no, with, with no, a better it score. Not. It does not. No, it does not. It does there's not. the game within the game here. You have to go. So there is going to be a shadow no, leaderboard, George, for you. Between well, well, Lucas and, Glover, and, Russell, is Russell Henley in there? Or is it just no. Keegan, Ricky, Lucas Glover? No. Who, who else you is in your I, game? I, within honestly, game? listen, if, if they're in the mix, and someone posted it online that Russell Henley's actually had a very strong two years if you stacked him up no matter what segment you look at, he's he's been top 10 or whatever in that mix of however you're going to do this. I would pull any of those guys and just say, this is the deal. We have X spots left, whether it's six of you, five of you, whatever it is, you are playing for those three slots. Top three, get the slots. Done. Show me you want it. And and then you you can do it. And you just, and, and for him as a captain, I think when he names the team, he says out loud, Hey, I, I took those five guys aside and I said, this is the deal. Like I, it's, it's a coin flip down the board. And so I need, I need you to make the decision for me. Go, go shoot the lowest number. And I, my hands are tied. I'm taking you. That sounds like, you know, I'll just say more professional negligence. If that's how you're going to say my hands are tied and like, I can, I can no longer make this decision for myself because I've given it up to other people to, to, to make it for me. I don't disagree with the strategy in, in, in total. I, I think that Brooks Kupka will not be in Rome based on this. I, I think that that will be the kind of easy answer there. I, I don't agree with that personally. This is my, you know, tinfoil hat soothsayer thing here going like, I just don't think Zach's going to pick him. Um, and so then to, to that point, it gives us another spot. Right. So, so Denny McCarthy to me, he's not in the tour championship. So he's, so he's out. You don't have the opportunity to, to, to show it. So you have, uh, you got Russell Henley, Lucas Glover, Ricky Fowler, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, and they can go. I mean, I guess it's only one of those guys that that's going to not be in if, if, if we do George's game within the game. We haven't mentioned Tony Finau. Tony Finau, you know, again, this is a two-year race. He he jumped off to an early what looked like lock on yeah, this team and now point. has played his way out. He does sit at 18th on the list, so he will play the Tour Championship. He's going to be middle of the pack on the starting strokes. Certainly has the game to go out there and do it. Yeah, I, the, the thing that's going to be interesting about this is because of the starting strokes thing that somebody like I'm looking at, you know, even Taylor Moore, who's, who's 21st in the FedEx cup, it's his rookie year. So he's probably, you know, I, I mean, I don't know how far I guess I have to scroll down to find Taylor Moore, but like, what if he, you know, 
shoots 16 under for the week, he's still going to finish eighth or 10th, you know, because of the starting strokes mm-hmm. thing. So is it, would that be a performance worth, you know, no. throwing his name as the hot hand in there? I get it. No, I understand. Excluding, like, excluding, uh, who was it? Hideki's withdrawal. Taylor yeah. Moore was DFL by a decent margin this week. Yeah, but he's still 21st in the FedEx Cup in in, in one year. So I'm just saying, what would yeah. he have to do? And 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 maybe it's not possible. I, I I get that. I agree with that. But I think that the starting strokes net tour championship deal is going to make it much harder for the fan to understand the selections. Um, and and so you know who has the hot hand, who who plays great at the tour championship might not actually be reflected in the leaderboard. I mean, even just you you go down and we were talking about, um, you know, Sam Burns is 26. He's going to start at one under par. He's nine right. back. Well, I mean, he, he can't, can't win the golf tournament, right? Like no, it's no, designed so he well, can't win the golf he can. tournament. I no, mean, he can't. It's actually designed well, so he can't, right? No, no, so, I get he he can't win, but he can shoot the lowest over four days. I and... know, but my point is, is that he might finish eleventh and shoot the lowest score over four days. But that's and why therefore, this is so when stupid. you're on the, you know, when that's why I'm saying it's confusing for the fan. Okay, how how right. these picks are going to go down? Because if it were normal, he'd win the golf tournament, and you know, it'd be like, well, he's obviously the the best player. You know, hot hand right there. He was, you know, twelfth in points. You got to pick him, right? But if he finishes eleventh in the golf tournament. And and shoots the second or third best score for the week, it's it's less obvious and 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 whatever. But I can mean, you can you help? Like, sure. Do we why do go they to do the this tour championship? Do, is that well, where we no, want no, to no, go? No, no. Why we can get there? I I understand the I understand the concept of the staking strokes at the tour champ. I understand that concept. Yeah. Wouldn't that in fact be? more valuable as fans right if we took that and we did it in the first playoff event so that and from that playoff event you start with your state points and you figure out the math and you know listen you've got all the money in the world as you can figure this out and make it somehow work and then literally starting back at memphis it is here's the strokes and we are having a running score over these three weeks. And this is how we're doing it. Winner at the, whoever, like, you know, you keep whittling it down 50, 30, however you want to do it. And now that's 70, it's actually way easier than it would have been at 125. And you just start, and this is the running score. And whoever is the lowest guy, when the last ball falls at East Lake, that's our guy. You won the playoffs. This, this to me as a fan would be so much easier and better to follow than getting to Eastlake and then basically jimmying it to be like, well, I wouldn't say it's a coronation, but it's kind of almost forgotten. I mean, you you basically take it from 70 when you start the playoffs. That could be interesting. By the time you get to Eastlake and it's technically 30, it's really 10, 8, 10 guys because of the, the jockeying. Sure. And that, that, that's, that's a fair criticism um, of the current system. I was on the pack when we made this change. And I will just say that this was about the fifth idea that they brought to us because the first like three or four were like, you guys are lunatics, right? Like they didn't make it like 
they didn't make it past like round table discussion. Like it was like cut off and be like, okay, we understand. We got to go back and figure something out. That was well, a well, bad that we need to hear something. So, else, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, the, 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 the one I remember was it was a, it was basically the old system as you knew it. And then at the end of four rounds at East Lake, which would have started Wednesday and ended on Saturday, you took the top six and those six played 18 holes for the FedEx Cup. So it basically, you know, whittled the FedEx Cup down to a Monday qualifier was the way that it was it was viewed in the room. And uh, it, that that didn't make it very far. And then I can't I can't remember some of the others, but this was actually so so this was this felt wonky if we're honest, like the, the solve for the FedEx cup was like the, the Steve Sands whiteboard. If this guy makes a bogey and this guy makes a birdie, the points that look was like bananas. this and, and so-and-so wins and Dustin Johnson goes to seventh. But now if he, this happens, he wins the FedEx cup. Right. So that, that, that was the solve, right. When basically like when what was, it? it was Tiger Woods won the, won the tour championship and Justin Rose won the FedEx cup. And it was, you know, I mean, that was a little weird um or the the way that played out so we we changed this and and it is so we're trying to get it to one leaderboard right we're trying to just have the fans know whoever's first is winning the fedex cup like that's how it that's that's the deal and it kind of shakes out by the weekend it's a weird deal on friday on thursday and and kind it's very weird on thursday kind of weird on friday on Saturday, it's kind of shaken out and it's kind of like more like a leaderboard and guys have played and whatever. This was being talked about and kind of thrown around. And it was, you know, not yet sold. And then the chart that sold me, uh, like I said, I was on the pack when, when we passed this change. The chart that sold me was they re-ran the tour championship with this system. Okay. With with the this net tour championship deal, as as we'll see it this coming week in East Lake. And they reran the tour championship and the same guy won the FedEx Cup every year. Except for one year. And this year, the year that it did not work, Bill Haas no longer won the FedEx Cup with his famous shot out of the half 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 in the water on 17. Luke Donald won the FedEx Cup which was actually be, again, may, this one might have been a more proper FedEx Cup win. Luke Donald won the money list on the U.S. side and on the European side. He was number one in the world. And, and you know, Bill Haas played a great tour championship and, and Luke didn't play great or however it shook out. Had we had this starting stroke system that we have, Luke Donald would have won the FedEx Cup that year, not Bill Haas, because Bill Haas started like 26th or, or, or something like that, 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 that week. So at any rate, if, if you kind of look back at history, that was the chart that kind of sold me on like, huh, so we don't actually really change the outcome. We're just making it easier for the fans for, to follow. For the fans to follow. And, and, and that's and, where, and that's where I, yeah. And that's but, where I net out that this is the right, you know, yeah, there could be other incarnations there could be you know Matt, a lot of people propose match play could we get down to a match play bracket you know seed guys one through call it 24 or give some buys still make it you know 30 or maybe 36 guys get in but there's some buys that are set up i'd be down for match play i think match play could work if it was seated properly but given that they want to make this stroke play event i think rather than have 
two leaderboards or the Steve Sands whiteboard or, you know, weird, you know, if, they, if this happens, this happens, it's just easier to have one single leaderboard. And so this goes to my question around starting strokes, which is, you know, players 15 and above. So that's Xander Shoffley, Ricky Fowler, Keegan Bradley. They're all starting at three and actually Russell Henley are all starting uh, and Tommy Fleetwood. Now that I look at it are starting at three under par. That's where I put the line of like, you start at three under par, you're seven shots back, seven but you have four back. rounds of golf to play. I think you could go play well. I think anything less than that, if you're starting at two under, one under, even par, there's not only just the math of what you've got to go shoot, but you've got to leapfrog 20 other guys that are starting at these, you know, astronomical starting strokes. So I think three under is the number, but I'm curious, George, where you think is like, you know, we usually ask it at majors in the final round. Now we've got four rounds, like, how far back is already too far back to actually win this thing? I mean, I, I think probably five under starting at five under when they're starting at 10, that's, that's probably too far back. And, and I say that if for no other reason, these guys for the most part have all seen East Lake a million times. It's a super familiar course. These guys, they, I don't know that everyone's going to lay an egg. I mean, John Rahm completely laid an egg this week. And I don't know, maybe he's just resting, being like, well, whatever, I'm going to be starting third, fourth in this situation anyway. So why, why go beat my head in this week? Um, and and so I, it's it's very curious to me. I mean, I I just think five under is probably the number. I don't, I don't think you're going to have someone run away with it. And, you know, but my big question, since we I'm still refreshing the OWGR, seeing if Patrick will in fact stay for I was going to say if, if, but, in case you're curious Patrick Hanley starting at you guess it George how many under par four four under par I know it's amazing he just four under par like a, seventh place but four under par yeah or whatever um, be but so now does do does this event get OWGR points it does there's a shadow golf tournament in the background in the background oh, so, oh, so okay. it gets so they, can, they can sort through yeah. this they can they, they can, can sort this it. out yeah, they, yeah it's just math. okay it's, yeah, no, no it's just math. no 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 it's just math george just i'm just math. curious because like they they, they they sat there and were like man these weird formats we just can't figure it out yeah. but they can do this one oh that's interesting i'm just curious just math. Just, turns out just a little question i had there so, so then I want to go to, we haven't done one of these in a while, but I want to do this one cold for you guys, the great golf debate. And I will propose it at a few handicap levels. And let me start with the five handicap, because inevitably you're going to get a bunch of content this week. That's going to say, what would a five handicap have to start at? What would be their starting strokes as a five handicap over four rounds? I'll let you kind of do the math. Billy, you were a quant econ major. I can see the wheels returning right now. A five handicap starts at East Lake. And he's a legitimate five, not like a sandbagging five. He's not I was going to say, is this a member guest five? Because that's this, a different. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's like a, a plus that's really three. a scratch. Yeah, really a yeah. scratch if you're a member guest five. But let's say a legitimate five handicap guy that, you know, probably averages 80 when he tees it up at his at his, his local course. Where does he need to start in order to actually win this golf tournament, Billy? Well, how many people are in the golf tournament? And where do those other people start? He is he is the thirty like, first member of this illustrious okay. tour championship. How how many under par does he need to peg it in the ground on Thursday to win this golf tournament? Um, seventy five. Maybe well, no, maybe more than that, right? Because the top guy someone's still at, 10, be 10. So, someone's yeah. at ten. Someone's at ten, so eighty five. Because he's going to okay. shoot a bunch of nineties. Okay, so if you just kind of go, that's 20 shots around. He's got to come up with eight. He's got he's got to hang on to 80 shots. 
I, I'm always a pessimist. And George, I'll kick it to you after I give my number. I, I legitimately would take even money at like 130. Well, sure. I mean, I'm way under that. But of course, you take even money at that. No, but, but I, no, I mean, yeah, I might not be high enough. It might be 100. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Because I just think 90 would be a stretch for me. Yeah, no, 90, you're right. 90s would you're be right. a stretch. Like, I think yeah, breaking right. 100 is an accomplishment as a five handicap. All right. I think so you're probably right. You're probably I, right. I, too much I credit. actually put this in the gin, you know, handicap calculator. And I had it in here because I actually just played a match against a 5.8. I'm a 2.9. So just course handicap from the championship tees, excluding course setup, which add, we'll just add, add four strokes. Form. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. add four strokes for a tour setup. Probably should be six. Um, let's even give it six. So my course handicap, just if I were to show up to East Lake tomorrow and play the tips, is eight. Add six for the tour setup of everything. So that puts me at 14 around. So 14 times four is 31. Um, I don't know. Someone else do the math. It's 40. I'm sorry. That's, 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 I'm sorry. 56. We go back to, we just go back to anything with a four ending in a one. Can yeah. we just, I'm so like, let's just 56, 56 strokes okay. over four days. And that's just to basically shoot. Can you even. do my billing? And that's at a that's at a three can, handicap can, can, though, George. So a five would legitimately you're probably five would be like three so more. This is what I'm saying. So the the the, the handy the guy I played that is a five point eight. The guy that I played is a five point eight. So he's getting twelve from the tips. Add in the extra six for the thing. So that's eighteen times four is if if fourteen times four is fifty six. That's that's the eighty I was coming forty eight. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so now you're at 80 to just be even. And these guys are going to shoot over four days, probably 12 under, give or take 10, 12 over, over those days. So it would, it would have to be like 90 under. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a hundred is probably where you might get bets. Right. I mean, cause I just think that anything, anything under, anything under a hundred, you know, where you, it might, I mean, now you might get bets at fifty because people are stupid and they're just like that's so. No, I will far say this. this, this but here's what I'll blah, say: blah, 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 they're right? only putting out thirty players in the golf course. Like East Lake members should go play on the pins and just post some scores. I want to see some scores from various handicap levels from those pins. I, I, I did play a pro am a number of years ago Monday after, and it was um, you know Sunday pins and and you know that 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 kind of thing. But we you know we play from. 6,000 yards instead of 7,200 yards kind of, you know, even for, for, for amateur players, but yeah. yeah but even that, all right. So we're you, at a hundred. I, I do like, I do like George. Yards. Yeah. If I do like George Sunday using pins the gym, and but... greens. Yeah. If you got Sunday pins and like tour speed greens, the, the getting to the green is the easy part. It's what you do at the green. That's where everything's just going to pile up. Um, Cause there's going to be a lot of three footers. Well, the rough's a big deal pitch. too. Oh yeah. I'll give you that. Yeah. Um, by the way, I want to. I do want to circle back. This is another idea I had. Kind of goes into the great golf debates. We can just talk about anything. I think in Ryder Cup years, whoever wins the U.S. Am, assuming they're a U.S. player, or the highest finishing U.S. player, should be on the Ryder Cup team, and the highest finishing European player at the British Am should be on the European Ryder Cup team. I know you have the Walker Cup and you have these, you know, Am versions thereof, but I think that would actually be some extra chaos because you're getting this one player 
that shows up. It's only going to play in singles. I mean, whatever, like, right? I mean, like you're only, I mean, just add a 13th guy hey, and put a 13th this kid, match and let the two of them play one another. Nick Dunlap just threw up 12 birdies over 33 holes. I he right. could probably, he could Let's probably go get look around. at the scorecards from the 2014 BMW championship when it was played at Cherry Hills. No, okay. I don't, I mean, if you want to get all technical on it, that's fine. I mean, but, I'm just, you know, I just, okay. I was probably 22 under won the so, golf tournament. And, so. and also I want to throw this out and this is kind of in the Patrick Cantlay buried at number four in the OWGR. They announced like they were talking about who's playing in the Walker cup, Stuart Hagestad, another Walker cup. I mean, he is the Patrick. He, Cantlay he's rumored to be retiring, golf. rumored to be retiring. Does uh, that mean he's actually he's getting a job one. now as opposed to just having a fake job? That's, that lets that, him yeah, play he commercial he's he's going to actually have, he's going to actually work and thus yeah. not play. High level. He does commercial I, I, real I, estate. It's, I've I've been on the the jag that the the US mid am ought to have like a a, a W two component to it as well where like you have to actually hold <laughs> like a job to, that requires the you to like resty rule for for the yeah. for the PGA uh, PGA so, America championship. But then, I, and can I can I lay money? I need to find like a creative betting house that if this in fact is Stuart Hagestad's last Walker Cup, I'll believe it when I see it. He's got to be the next captain, right? And then just hold that role for the next 25 years. I mean, his kid might be on the team with him at this rate. He and LeBron, they can have this like moment together. Just looked up the 2014 BMW championship. Your your winner, Billy Horschel at 14 under par, Bubba Watson, oh, this was two the, shots uh, back. This was, was the this... Billy Horschel year of, of winning – of winning everything and not getting on not the, getting on uh, the Ryder Cup team. The Ryder Cup. Oh, so over four over four days, he was fourteen under, and over thirty three holes. Nick Dunlap. Yeah, I'm sure the setups. Right. So, well, hang dead on, on setups. They, I heard they did exactly the same. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I, I feel I feel like it was the same. Must have been. It's par seventy here. So what what do we what do we what, what was it for for the U.S. Amateur? Seventy. Was it? It was. I did. Yeah, it was. Okay. All right. All right. Well, what is next? Obviously, we've talked a lot about what is next. The Net Tour Championship at East Lake, uh, and then we've got a number of weeks off after that until we have the Ryder Cup. So, as much as we debated the Ryder Cup teams today, there will be much more debate after the balls drop at East Lake. Boys, uh, whoa, this was a whoa, fun whoa, one. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're overlooking Andy Ogletree. Locked up the Asian. Order of Merit, going to live next year. What what's PGA this thing you tour talk? teams? The PGA Tour Enterprises International nope, Series International brought to you by Rain yeah, Capital. I'm telling you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> See, that's exactly right. Live is going to be there next year because Rain Capital is going to come with a competing offer, and the players are going to vote for it. And we're going to be back in pure chaos. Um, and so Andy Oldtree will be playing for Liv. I can imagine the sweepstakes. I wonder what they do for like draft order. Is it just you finish last? Is there like a, I really feel like there should be a tournament of like exceptionalism or something like, you know, kind of like the Festivus stuff. Like they, they need to make whoever gets first pick something really exciting. Oh, That's and revealed cool is that off. Liv will have a more active player trade uh, uh, season window. next year. Yeah, yeah, trade, which, trade portal window kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, I do have to admit, because 
of like the way that tournament golf is that they all show up every week to play against each other. I mean, if I'm the, the yeah, full I, mean, I swing, guess that's true, right? You get, you get, you get traded from the Padres to the guardians. You don't, you don't, don't see, see him. him. You don't see him ever. Yeah. I mean, they're in different leagues, right? right? I mean, you don't even, don't even, yeah. And, and so, I mean, I think full swing might need to have a full swing live because with these trade, I mean, how awkward could that be? I mean, think about like the the Matt Wolf, Brooks Kepka situation. Like, I mean, that's just super awkward, and that's really unfortunate for everyone involved. That's that's not great um, in any circumstance. So, well, uh, oh, you think Matt Wolf got them a baby gift? Probably not. Mm. Yeah, that'd be one way to like get back in your captain's good graces. Uh, but, anyways, uh, like that would be that would actually be pretty. Like there'd be some drama because you're on the putting green seeing any like that it would, would be, be weird. It would be real drama for sure. And I want to know like what the stick, how do those negotiations go? Mm-hmm. Because you there's no draft picks, there's no so what are you trading exactly? Like, hey, well, I mean, we'd tra- be starting trading cash if we had like real franchises and real values, well, and you know what I mean? Like it could be I mean, maybe they're yeah. and, and then you have to figure out how are these three people going to be slotted that are coming in like Ogletree, who's going out. I mean, it's kind of easy to see who's going out right. this year. But like as as we go forward, you're going to have like no name that you haven't heard of. And, and Lee Westwood's going out eventually. And yeah. so it'll be it'll be very interesting to see how it yeah, takes out. You think about like, what are you trading? Right. Like everyone knows everybody. So it's like here's my bent five iron for your scuffed pitching wedge and two pro V's. Like, it's like, well, those all suck. Like, okay, I guess we'll just trade our suck. I, I, this is all very weird to me. I like that. It's going to happen. It's they need to get this team thing going somehow to generate that. But when you think about it, like, uh, no, I've, I've watched them on the, I think back to our time at uh, the, the event here in DC and you guys are on the range. You're like, Oof. He does not have it. It's like, yeah, I've watched that guy practice. Like, I know he doesn't have it. So, no, the trade is, it's like those fantasy football trades of like, hey, I will trade you, you know, two second string running backs for Aaron Rodgers. It's like, no, not going to happen. Yeah, the trade thing's interesting. And I think it gets more interesting if and when they have sort of like a, you know, relegated set of players. Like, there's been talk about like, could there be players that are, you know, sort of on the bench. They're not, they're not, you know, on the roster week in, week out, but they're there. And I could see some scenarios where, you know, Andy Ogletree playing well this year, if he was one of those bench players and you could trade for him or get him on the, on your bench. And the, and there has been injury, you know, swap in, swap out. So like that, uh, that whole idea of like the, the relegated or, or off, off, off the bench players could be interesting. I have a Thunderbolt idea for live right now. Dun, dun, dun. Every, every team has six players you play for to sit. And so then when you get to the match play at the end of the season, the top seed gets to pick one player from the other teams, basically gets to pick the six player, like the, the team switch and say like, all right, the captains play, but then the opposing captain picks one guy off your bench to be your fourth guy. Billy, I have this amazing idea. It's teams and there's conferences and there are teams of five and only the low score for low four count. I think this could work. This could work. This could work. Do you do you play on Monday night in a simulator though? Is any Ooh. of that part of this or no? Uh, 
Now, now, do the conferences stay conferences or oh, do they intermingle and then like dissolve and then jump other places? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's really just two teams at the end of the day, right? You have, the, you have like the 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 conference A and conference B, and they each have forty teams, and but yeah, so many possibilities. So many possibilities, uh, boys. We we will watch this space. I, I think the trades could be interesting, but we'll we'll watch it to see if there even is a live tour next year, or if it is the PGA Tour Enterprises International Team Mega Series brought to you by Rain Capital. I need to get like the website for that or something because it's gonna, yeah, you it's should gonna buy that. Yeah, we should buy that, boys. This was a fun one, and I look forward to watching the East Lake Net Tour Championship and recapping it all again next week. See you, boys. Thanks for listening to the Living It Up podcast. Follow us on the Twitters at Living It Up Pod. See you there.